can I take that ARPU you told me earlier of a thousand bucks a month multiplied by 20? You guys are getting about 20,000 bucks a month right now in revenue. Um, yeah, that's, that's about right. Yeah. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to getlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to getlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at getlatka.com. Hey, folks. My guest today is Rafael Danilo. He's a French entrepreneur and investor based in Brooklyn, New York. By day, he's the co-founder and CEO of Yobs, an interview intelligence platform on top of Zoom. Yobs is backed by industry leaders like Adam Grant and trusted by dozens of high-growth companies like Nacelle, HomeTap, and Nissan. On nights and weekends, he runs Evening Fund, a $3 million operator fund out of which he writes 50 to 100K checks into early-stage companies. Rafael, you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. What came first, by the way? The, the, the Evening Fund or Yobs? Uh, so Yobs came first. Um, evening fund is something that I started just earlier this year. Um, and we've done about 25 investments so far in 2021. Um, and, uh, yeah, as you said, something that I do just on nights and weekends to, you know, kind of give back and support other founders. Very cool. Well, give back and support, but you need to make a return if you plan on, I mean, who did you raise capital from? So, well, so some of the capital, so I, I drew it with a partner. Her name is Kat. She's also a, a full-time founder of a, of a VC-backed company called Barreto. Um, so some of the capital is ours. Uh, some of the capital is from friends of mine, you know, industry connections. And then we have a couple of larger funds. I can't name all of them, uh, but Bain Capital is one that I can name. And then, yeah, there's a couple of other kind of like multi-stage funds that are LPs in the fund. Um, and yeah, absolutely. And, and honestly, like, um, you know, we very often fit into kind of angel allocations because we only write 50, 100K checks. So they're pretty small checks. We're not trying to lead rounds or anything. And, uh, and it's super fun. And we actually got our first unicorn uh, a month ago after less than a year of investing. Um, so, so far, it seems like it's going pretty well. And, you know, most importantly, we're having a ton of fun. All right. Tell me more about Yobs. Who's buying this technology and when, what are they, you know, how are they using you? Yeah. So, you know, with Yobs, the, the kind of the premise behind it is that, you know, interviews have the highest impact on the quality of, of hires. But interestingly, they're also, you know, the process with the highest error rate, um, you know, and so of, even within the hiring process. So about like 50% of interviews basically have a conclusion that doesn't end up being true post-hire. Like we thought that this person was, you know, um, you know, very extroverted. Turns out they weren't, et cetera, et cetera. And they also have the biggest impact on the time to hire, like how long it takes to hire someone, 60 to 80% of it comes back to the interviews. And in the past, like this wasn't too big of a deal because you could do multiple interviews on sites over like weeks and you could still get good candidates. But now you have so much competition for talent, especially because of remote work and the talent shortages and just everything that's happening at the macro level, that if you're not going fast, and I'm talking like three interviews max for a whole process for you know per, per, per candidate, um, and you still have to be precise and you still have to be engaging, if you're not, like if this is not your bar, 
um, you're, you're not going to get great talent. And so this is particularly painful. Well, so this is a problem that everybody's facing, you know, from the smallest startup to the biggest companies. As you mentioned, like we work with Nissan all the way down to like small startups. But the, the companies that kind of have, you know, feel the pain the most are what we call high growth companies. And so high growth companies are typically venture back. They don't have to be, but, you know, oftentimes they can be. Um, so so Rafael, just, like, just, just showing in for a second. So, so yeah. uh, understand the platform. I think my audience will clearly understand what you're doing based on that description you just gave. Help me understand how you're pricing. Is it per interview per month? Um, so we actually have a free forever plan. Um, and we just came out of beta. So, so right now we're not even charging for our entry level plan. We're only charging your, pre, your pre-revenue today. Uh, we, so we only charge enterprises. So we have some larger customers that we charge. But these high growth companies, we don't charge them today. Uh, we'll start charging in Q1 or Q2. Okay, tell me, I guess, can you tell me more about the enterprise folks today? How do you model their plans? Yeah, so it's 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 basically based on the number of recruiter seats that you need to have on the platform. So, you know, we will serve recruiting teams largely, but then you also have interviewers that are, um, you know, functional heads, you know, head of sales, head of engineering, so on and so forth. Um, so depending on the number of people that you need, you know, collaborating on the platform, um, that's what we charge you based on, but, you know, unlimited number of interviews, um, you know, HS integration, all of that stuff. And then, um, in the free plan, um, you can, you can, uh, basically integrate greenhouse, zoom, Google calendar. And if that's your stack, then we give the tool away for free today. I see. So these enterprises, why not give it to them for free as well? Or are we just talking like these are like two or three of your buddies that run enterprise things? So you, you know, it made sense to charge them. Yeah, no, because the, the enterprise guys typically have um, you know different requirements when it comes to you know security, data privacy. Um, there's things around like custom integrations or like small customizations, um, and then also just like the whole service component of like they may want support around just making sure their process is being run properly. So. You know, they, they have the budgets, but they need a little bit more handholding. That's just I the see. nature of enterprise sales. So I'll, I want to go back to your free choices, the freemium plan choices you made in a second and your backstory. But before that, so g- give me sort of an average, right? What is, was an enterprise account going to pay you per month to use the technology? Yeah, so our, our enterprise accounts are in the five-figure annual contract value. So, I mean, it, 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 it depends, but it's kind of like 10K per year onwards. So r- roughly $1,000 a month. Yep. up to like $5,000 a month. What would how many how many recruiters does someone paying you 1000 bucks a month likely have? Um probably about a dozen, I would say, like you know, okay. like 10 plus. Um when we work with high growth companies, they typically have like up to 10. So enterprise typically kicks in when you start to have like, you know, 10 15 plus people on your recruiting team. Yep, that makes sense. Give me the backstory here. When did you guys launch the business? Yeah, so so you know we launched uh, three years ago, and it's funny because so I'm so I'm from France originally, as you mentioned, and um, my just background to be clear, is, that's 2019, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, 2018 actually is when we when we uh, incorporated the business. Okay, and like so before COVID, like I was always working remotely for startups. Like I worked for an Israeli startup remotely while I was in LA. Like we worked with some European companies with my co-founder. We're both European transplants in the US. So we've always done the remote hiring thing, and so we've always kind of felt the pain of interviewing over Zoom and not being able to collaborate efficiently and effectively when you're interviewing people remotely. Like you have to consolidate your notes, you have to make sure you're capturing the key moments. 
and it's it's pretty hard. And so we we came up with this idea of like, well, what if you could like actually like record conversations, transcribe them, make it really easy to like, you know, grab the key moments, share them. And then, you know, as your recruiting team starts to do this more and more and more, um, you know, kind of like what gong.io does for, for sales calls, you can actually start coaching recruiters the same way that with gong, you can start coaching your sales reps based on like what closes more deals, where here's the same thing, like what closes more candidates, what engages them the most. Are you um, licensing someone else's like call flagging or call tagging technology, or have you guys built that in-house? So the, the transcription technology... Uh, we work with a couple of different vendors uh, because that's pretty sort of table stakes. Um, and then the, the the whole technology to sort of like look into what's happening in the transcript and the call, that's, that's ours, that's proprietary. I see, I see. How many folks are on the team today? We have 12 people on the 12, team. Okay. Kind of How many of them are the just intense engineers? Uh, about half of them. Okay, six. Uh, okay, we have a couple it. of PhDs in organizational psychology who are kind of like domain experts in interviewing and assessments. So they're they're deeply technical, you know, in their own way, just not, you know, software engineers per se. What credit card should I use? You guys have heard this. If you're scaling with 10, 20 employees, you know that your lead developer needed your credit card data to sign up for Jira or Trello. Your head of marketing needed the credit card to sign up for Facebook ads. Or your head of HR needed a credit card or your credit card data to sign up for that Delta trip you need to take to that next conference. Nobody understands or understood how to track this stuff efficiently and effectively until Ramp came along. Create virtual or physical cards for everybody on your team as you grow and build your SaaS company. Quickly log into Ramp and see where there are discounts you might be able to get that you didn't know about. For example, maybe you save 100 bucks a month on Trello or 20 bucks a month on your email marketing provider. Ramp has all these listed in their platform and you can assign a credit card, both virtual or and physical, to every employee and set limits. That way, you can quickly see if your dev tool spend is going up. Are you spending more on Trello? Or are Facebook ads increasing too fast? Or are you spending too much on travel? It's incredible the amount of insight you can see inside the Ramp dashboard. I got a look the other day and I was blown away. I said, I've got to partner with these guys. Check it out today at nathanlacka.com forward slash ramp. That's nathanlacka.com forward slash ramp. I'm not going to tell you about the special bonus you'll see, but once you go to the landing page, you'll see there's a big with two zeros bonus on this page, nathanlacka.com forward slash ramp. Check it out today because time is money and I want you to save both. So you get going in 2018, you're experimenting. Um, what was it like? Do you remember closing your first customer and who was it? How'd you get them? Yeah, it was crazy because actually Nissan and another huge, huge, huge Fortune 500 company were our first customers. Um, so N- Nissan, I think was like number two or number three. How'd so you get we- Nissan? <laughs> it was, so I actually knew someone who worked at Nissan at the time who's not, who's not there anymore. And we went to a conference and one of their colleagues heard about us and they just like very organically, like that person reached out and we ended up making a pilot happen. But what was interesting is like, we totally kind of skipped the whole, you know, work with startups and then work your way up to enterprise. We did it, you know, exactly the other way where we started with Fortune 500 accounts, which had its pros, um, namely that you can get really big contracts really quickly. I think like as an advice, I guess, to other founders on this front, like, you know, just get ready to get bogged down and also it's like a lot of customization and 
some stuff that like when you're on your road to product market fit, you probably don't want to waste your time doing. Um, so I think that's one like flag I would raise when you're going after like big, big enterprises as, as first customers. So Nissan was number one or number two. And then obviously you're now two years later scaling up. How many enterprise customers are you serving today? Uh, 20 plus. And then on the free plan, we have dozens of companies using us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but all those 20 ones, again, those are the enterprise folks you alluded to earlier where you are charging them per recruiter per seat. Yeah. Okay. Can I take that ARPU you told me earlier of a thousand bucks a month multiplied by 20? You guys are doing about 20,000 bucks a month right now in revenue? Um, yeah, that's that's about right. Yeah. Okay. And just to calculate growth rate, where were you exactly a year ago? Do you remember? Yeah. So we, we roughly 3X'd since last year. Um, and in the free plan is something that we launched um, two months ago, exactly two, three months ago. So the, the strategy for us has been really about like really playing the long game. So I think like we probably could have 5x this year or more um, if we fully focus just on revenue. But you know, I think like we're in a space where it's basically a land grab. Like there's a couple of other companies that raised a bunch of funding to do, you know, something similar as what we're doing. But they're, they're who are those companies? Just name one or two of them. Um, you know, there's a company called Clovers out of LA that just raised a good amount of funding from like you know pretty solid investors um, and a couple of others. And you know, they're they're they've raised like you know ten to thirty million. You know, roughly is the range. So still pretty early. Um, but you know, kind of like the stage after. And and I think like the strategy that a lot of the folks in this space are taking is focus entirely on the enterprise accounts. And I think like you know, it makes sense. I understand why they do it. But I think there's such a huge long tail of businesses that don't want to shell out 10 to 20k today, but may want to in a year or two and capturing them today because they already feel the pain in something like a free plan and, you know, tapping into more of like a product led growth go to market, I think in the long run, it could be the winning strategy. And so while everybody's focused on like enterprise sales and, you know, paying 10s of 1000s of dollars to advertise at conferences, we're taking more of a you know, hey, let's be the easiest company to do business with. So you go on our website today, like you can sign up for free, book an onboarding call or explore yourself. Like we're trying to be super, super easy to work with. And that's, that's basically the strategy. And have you got wrapping away about two or three minutes left here? So we'll do this and then jump into the famous five. But in terms of uh, funding, have you stayed bootstrapped or do you decide to sell some equity and raise as well? Yeah, so we, we, we bootstrapped for a while. Um, and then we, we just raised our seed round earlier this year. Um, so we ended up raising two and a half million, um, mostly from, you know, angel investor operators who obviously, as I mentioned, like I'm a big believer in the whole operator investor model. I think it's, you know, the, you know, oftentimes like the, the most value added investors. So, so was there a lead in that 2.5 or was it like a, a 20, you know, hundred thousand dollar checks? Um, it wasn't twenty hundred thousand dollar checks, but we didn't we didn't have like a strong lead. We raised on safe notes. So it was it was basically just like, you know, we set the terms and then we brought in who we wanted to bring in. Um, and then, uh, had a couple of, you know, cool kind of like superstar angels, like Adam Grant come in, um, who've been awesome to, to work with. And then when you're obviously thinking about funding, um, minimizing dilutions, obviously important. So you're doing a note. So cap's important. Most people in a seed round are doing, you know, effectively 10 to 20% if they convert it at the cap where you sort of in that same standard range. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Pretty big safe. I mean, if that means you, it was like a $20 million cap or 18 to $20 million cap, something like that. That's pretty large. Yeah, I mean, I, I think like, especially in 2021, like, you know, especially if you have traction um, and you're, you're, you've proven that you're, you're hitting on some of the themes that will be, you know, no brainers over the next few years, you have a good team and you've shown traction. I think like investors understand that um, 
some of these markets are going to be land grabs, and so you got to move quick. And so in the long run, you know, there every investor, and we think about it the same as as investors. Like we're looking for these like one billion or ten billion dollar companies when we're doing venture investments because eighty percent of companies are going to die at that startup stage. Um, so whether you pay ten or eighteen million on a cap is not really like that's not what's going to make or break it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, more about optionality though, right? I mean, you basically put yourself on a track where you have to do something faster, either hit growth faster or you end up dying faster, right? So why is it important to have that like short-term focus versus, you know, buy yourself time, be default alive, be cash flow positive and play the long game? I think like, as I mentioned, like playing the long game in the sense of, for example, raising venture funding is what allowed us to play that long game in terms of like having a free plan, which I think in the long run is what's going to allow us to win. Because while everybody's going to be focused on charging $10,000 for a product that probably isn't worth it, we're able to play that longer game, acquire users, give them a free version of the product, like get them hooked. And then over time, start layering on more and more of those features, more and more integrations that actually make the tool really worth it. Um, so I think like the the like raising venture dollars allows you to tap into strategies that like long run can actually work out better. Um, so just as you said, it, it's more about optionality. Um, and I think you can also do it the bootstrapped kind of like look for you know profitability way. And you know we see a lot of great businesses do that too. All right, Rafael, let's wrap up here with the famous five one-word answers, if you can. Number one, favorite book? Uh, zero to one, I would say. Number, number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? I think Jason Lemkin, not a CEO anymore, but great guy to follow. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building jobs? Mm, whole story is awesome. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I'm anal about that. I would say seven or eight hours. Nice. And situation, married, single kids? My current situation? Yep. Uh, Girlfriend, not married yet. No kids running around? Just a dog. (laughs) All right. And how old are you? I'm 23. 23. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20? Uh, Sleep more. (laughs) (laughs) guys there you have it yobstech.com helping you do interviews more effectively faster and make sure when you end them there's good follow-up strong follow-up with a tech stack that they integrate directly with doing caught seven thousand bucks a month about a year ago now twenty thousand dollars a month so 3x year-over-year growth scaling they just closed a 2.4 earlier this year closed a 2.5 million dollar seed round and call it an 18 to 20 million dollar valuation as they look to continue to scale Raphael, thank you for taking us to the top appreciate it man